G'day everyone, I'm your host Stephen and welcome to the Bamboo History Podcast. For those who are new, welcome. I am a Chinese-Australian bloke that got hooked onto Chinese history as a kid and decided to make a podcast out of it. My focus is on Chinese history at the moment, but I hope to broaden the topics to include history from neighbouring regions as well. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it to tune in for more content. I also have an Instagram at Bamboo History Podcast, which also features additional historical content and facts, too small to fit into a podcast. So please check out my Instagram as well. To all my existing listeners, my Bamboo Historians, thanks again for your continuing support and I'm glad you are all enjoying my podcast. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, let's get straight into it. Today's story will talk about a Chinese monk who was motivated by the power of religion to go to Japan, despite several failed attempts to get there, and even resulted in him losing his eyesight. This monk's name was Jian Zhen, spelt J-I-A-N-Z-H-E-N, and he was born in the year 688 CE during the Tang Dynasty in China which has been cited as the golden era of Chinese history because the Tang Empire was large, powerful, multicultural, and most importantly, liberal, because it not only influenced its neighbouring countries, but was also willing to learn from others too. One such example was the religion of Buddhism. Buddhism originated from India in the 6th century BCE and first spread into China during the Han Dynasty hundreds of years later, most likely by the Silk Road. If you are interested in learning more about the Silk Road and how it originated, you can tune into episode 11 to find out more. After Buddhism was spread into China, it gradually rose in popularity amongst the Chinese, although they had to contend with Confucianism and Taoism, two native Chinese belief systems that were also popular at the time. However, during the Tang Dynasty, 500 years after it first spread into China, it was a popular religion amongst the people, and Jian Zhen's family was a Buddhist family. When Jian Zhen was 14, he decided to become a Buddhist monk, and when he became initiated, he was given a Dharma name, that's D-H-A-R-M-A, which is a name given to anyone who becomes a Buddhist monk, and his Dharma name was, you guessed it, Jian Zhen. After he became a Buddhist monk, over the next 30 years or so, Jian Zhen would study and teach Buddhism, and by his late 40s, He was considered a high-level Buddhist monk and had 40,000 disciples. In the year 742 CE, when Jian Zhen was 54 years old, two monks from Japan named Pu Zhao and Rong Rui came to visit Jian Zhen. As they talked, the two Japanese monks were in awe of Jian Zhen's knowledge of Buddhism and they decided to invite Jian Zhen to Japan. The Japanese monks explained that Buddhism in Japan lacked structure and a proper institution. For example, there were no formal requirements on becoming a monk in Japan, as well as any standards of ordinating high-level monks, to name a few issues. They invited Jian Zhen in the hope that his knowledge and experience would help develop Japan's Buddhism further. Jian Zhen agreed to go to Japan to spread his teachings and knowledge of Buddhism, However, when he asked his disciples to accompany him, all of them were hesitant, and all of them refused to go with him. 
Why didn't his disciples want to go to Japan? I'll read out the original Chinese version of the reasons why. Bi guo tai yuan, xing ming nan bao, cang hai miao miao, bai wu yi zhi. What these words mean is that Japan is too far. Our chances of survival getting there are low. The sea is endless and unknown, and not many people have crossed the sea with success. You see, whilst Japan is easy to get to now on a plane, back in the 8th century there were no planes. Instead, the only way to get to Japan from China was via boat. And no, it wasn't one of those P&O or carnival-sized cruise ships, but it was literally a small wooden sailed ship. The easiest way to get to Japan back then was to go to Korea first by either sea or by land, and then sail to Japan from there. This was the safest route because you didn't have to spend that much time at sea. Unfortunately, during the time Jian Jun wanted to go to Japan in the year 742, Japan and the Korean kingdom Silla were not on friendly terms, and hence people travelling to Japan would have to avoid using that route and instead sailed directly across the ocean from China straight to Japan, which was an 800km ocean crossing that was much more dangerous. People sailing on this alternative route not only had to contend with large storms, but also the constant change of wind direction. As the ships back then were sail ships, any changes in wind direction would take the ship off course and then would run the risk of getting stranded at sea and that would be disastrous if your food and water ran out. There were so many instances where travellers between both these countries would get caught into a storm, the boat would capsize and everyone would die. Because of these reasons, Jian Jun's disciples were scared of going to Japan, understandably, but Jian Jun himself was still determined to go. He responded to his disciples' concerns by saying, If we are going for Buddha, then I don't care if I lose my life. If none of you want to go, I'll go by myself. His disciples all looked at each other and thought, well, Master's a lot older than us, and if he's not even scared of death, why should we? Motivated by Jian Jin's determination, 20 or so of his disciples also decided to go with him to Japan. And in the year 743, a year after Jian Jin was invited by the Japanese monks, they were ready to set sail. But, just when Jian Jun and his group thought they were ready to sail, they received some bad news. A group of soldiers had gone to the docks and confiscated their ship. What? Before Jian Jun even had the time to contemplate what was going on, he was met by a group of soldiers and government officials who told him that he was banned from making the trip to Japan. Wait, what? What happened? What is this? What's going on? Well, it turns out that Jian Jun had not requested permission from the government to sail to Japan, as back in the day, any sailing trips out of China to another country had to be approved first. But why didn't Jian Jun just get permission? Well, for two main reasons. Firstly, the Chinese government knew that the journey was dangerous and didn't want to risk people losing their lives for the sake of it especially in Jian Jun's case, because he was a highly revered, well-known, and well-respected individual in the Tang Chinese society, and the government didn't want to risk losing him to such a perilous journey. The second reason was, 
that the Chinese government was also concerned about the growing and growing influence of Buddhism in the country. They were scared that it would supplant the existing native Chinese beliefs of Taoism and Confucianism. So they didn't really encourage people like Jian Zhen to go to other countries to spread Buddhism. Jian Zhen knew about those reasons above, and so he decided to sail to Japan secretly. But one of his disciples that was going to go with him on this trip got into a bit of a disagreement with his peers and got cast out of the group. He decided to take revenge and ratted them out to the government officials, and as a result, the officials found out about Jian Zhen's plan. Hence, Jian Zhen's first attempt to go to Japan had failed before he had even begun. Jian Zhen wasn't going to give up, however, and immediately made preparations to attempt the journey a second time. By the end of the year, in the year 743, Jian Zhen and his disciples were ready to sail, and this time they successfully set out without being detected by government officials. They probably kicked out the rat from the group from the first attempt this time. They departed from the city of Yangzhou, where Jian Zhen was originally from, and sailed into open ocean, where they were immediately met by dangerous waves and heavy storms. Jian Zhen finally realised how hard the journey would be. One of these storms blew their ship onto a reef, rendering their ship not seaworthy to sail all the way to Japan, so they had to abort their journey and return back to China. As a result, their second attempt to Japan ended in a failure. A piece of coral reef, however, wasn't going to get into Jian Zhen's way, and in just a month later, he was setting sail to Japan again on his third attempt. Was him and his group going to be third time lucky? Would fate give them the fortune that they would need? My existing listeners would have figured out by now that if I use these rhetorical questions, it generally means that they would have failed. And yes, their third trip also failed. Shortly after they set sail, they hit another reef. Seriously, how many bloody reefs are there? This isn't the Great Barrier Reef for goodness sakes. When they hit the reef, their ship sunk, and all of their food, water and supplies washed away. Jian Zhen and his disciples clung on to dear life on what was left of their boat for three days and three nights in the open ocean, and afterwards managed to get rescued. Their third attempt hence also ended as a failure. I could imagine that after two attempts crossing a deadly ocean, and then having your ship sink, and then having to endure three days and three nights in the sea, shivering in the cold, trying not to drown, and watching out for sharks, the monks were understandably a bit rattled, and many of them were not that keen anymore to go through that sort of experience again. Thus, many of Jian Zhen's disciples started to give up and quit on this journey. To make matters worse, the two Japanese monks who had invited Jian Zhen and who had also accompanied him on his attempts to sail to Japan were arrested by the Chinese government. They were arrested by the Chinese government because they believed that they were the ones to blame for Jian Zhen risking his life to go on these journeys to Japan. However, amidst all of these events, Jian Zhen was still intent on going to Japan. I have to remind you all that he's in his 50s and almost 60 years old, and yet he has been unfazed by everything faced up until now. I mean, 
he was stranded at sea for three days and three nights. For an elderly man to go through all of that and still be intent to go on this journey is really something else and highlights how powerful his devotion to Buddhism was. So, he began to make preps for his fourth attempt to go to Japan. However, his disciples, who now knew how dangerous the journey was, didn't want to risk losing their master for good. So they reported his plans to the government, and the government stopped Jian Zhen before he was able to set sail. His fourth attempt was thus another failure. Still, Jian Zhen did not give up. His determination to get to Japan to spread Buddhism and Chinese culture was unreal. So in the year 748, five years after his first attempt, Jian Zhen set sail to Japan again. His fifth attempt was by far his most tragic journey. As he set sail into the ocean, they once again encountered heavy storms and large waves. Wave after wave, wave after wave, slowly drifting. Amidst the storms and waves, Jian Zhen remained calm, meditating and reciting Buddhist scriptures. Some of his disciples also did the same, but others, fearing the worst, gave up on life and jumped off the boat to their deaths. Instead of heading east towards Japan, the ship was blown off course by these storms, and they drifted south instead, eventually landing on Hainan Island, which is a small island off the southern part of China. It then took a total of three years for Jian Zhen to leave that island, travel northwards through southern China and back home to Yangzhou, in which during these three years he also stopped at local monasteries to teach. However, this entire journey took a toll on Jian Zhen, who was now 60 years old, and he contracted an infection which turned him blind. Should have gone to Specsavers. I honestly have not seen anyone as eager and determined as he was to go to Japan. His determination was even greater than those two Japanese monks who had invited him there. Locked up in a prison cell now, one of those Japanese monks, Rongrui, was marred by depression and gave up on ever returning home. He died of sickness in the year 749. The other monk, Pu Zhao, was released eventually and went back to Jianzhen. But by now, Jianzhen was also wavering. Blind as a bat, seeds of doubt started to grow in his head. Maybe all these failures is a sign from Buddha that I'm not supposed to go, he thought. However, just when he was about to give up, other people around him began to see and appreciate his resolve, determination and passion to go to Japan. The Chinese government by now admired his mental strength and religious zeal so much that they decided to never stop Jian Zhen if he wanted to go to Japan again. The Japanese government had also by now heard of Jian Zhen's attempts to reach their country and, not wanting Jian Zhen to give up on his journey, they sent a Japanese nobleman named Fujiwara no Kiyokawa to invite Jian Zhen again to Japan. Seeing the fact that the Japanese really wanted him to go, Jian Zhen decided, with or without his eyesight, he had to make at least one more attempt to go to Japan. Finally, in the year 753, 10 years after he first begun his quest, he set sail again. This time, there were no Chinese government officials or soldiers stopping him. 
This time, he had support from the Japanese government. And this time, he successfully crossed the ocean and finally got to Japan on his sixth attempt, arriving at Kagoshima in Kyushu in the year 753. When Jian Jun finally arrived in Japan, he was 66 years old. He had spent around 10 years of his life trying to reach there, almost losing his own life several times, lost his eyesight completely, and lost a total of 36 disciples in all of his attempts to reach Japan. It is so sad, because Jian Jun tried so hard to go to Japan, that when he finally got there, he was blind and couldn't even see the place he dreamt of going so much. He must have been really disappointed by that, but I personally believe his disappointment would have been overwhelmed by happiness and relief at finally getting there. After Jian Jun arrived in Kyushu, him and his disciples made their way to Nara, Japan's capital at the time, reaching Nara in the year 754. There, he was greeted by the current emperor at the time, Empress Kokei, as well as the former emperor of Japan, Emperor Shomu. Then, Jian Jun and his disciples made their way to Nara's famous Todaiji Temple, which is still there and if you're ever in Japan, you should definitely visit it, it looks really nice. At Todaiji Temple, Jian Jun presided in Buddhist initiation rituals for the emperor and 500 or so Japanese monks, so they could be officially initiated as Buddhists. Jian Jun was treated as a celebrity in Japan. It was said that on his way to Nara's Todaiji Temple, his feet never touched the ground as he was carried by the Japanese. I would compare Jian Jun's arrival to Japan as the Catholic Pope visiting a country, but perhaps with even more fanfare and reverence, considering how dangerous the journey from China to Japan was at the time. From there, Jian Jun settled in Nara, and the Japanese emperor built a temple for him and his disciples to live in, called Tosho Daiji, or in Chinese, the Tang Zhao Ti Shi, which means the Temple of the Tang, as a way of paying tribute to Jian Zhen's homeland of Tang China. So in the end, Jian Zhen and his monks got a happy ending, and they stayed in Japan to spread their knowledge of Buddhism to the Japanese. Remember Pu Zhao? The Japanese monk who had invited Jian Jun to Japan originally? He had also gone with Jian Jun on his sixth attempt to Japan and made it back home as well, so he had a happy ending too. Jian Jun not only preached Buddhism, but also gave the Japanese other things, such as Chinese herbal medicine knowledge as well as Tang Chinese artwork and literature, heavily influencing Japanese art at the time. Jian Jun lived in Japan for the rest of his life, and in the year 763, 10 years after he had reached Japan, he passed away, aged 76, and was buried at the Tosho Daiji Temple. Jian Jun's journeys to Japan signify a time period of good Chinese and Japanese relations, as well as cultural and religious exchange, which brought Japan, who at the time was very isolated, a bit closer to everyone else. Jian Jun's trip was also representative of the heavy influence of Chinese culture, especially Tang Chinese culture, on Japan at the time. In China, there is a common saying that Tang Chinese culture has mostly disappeared in China, so in order to see what Tang China is like, you have to visit Japan. 
where some of its traditions are reflective of the Tang China era. One example is architecture. For example, the Tosho Daiji Temple was built according to Tang Chinese architectural styles in order to give Jianzhen a sense of homeliness in a foreign country. So to all our listeners, that is the end of the story of Jianzhen, a Chinese monk that risked his life and lost his eyesight, but was motivated by his desire to preach Buddhism and spread Chinese culture to Japan, even if it meant six attempts to get there. What I learnt most from this story is that if you are passionate about something and you really want to do it, then by all means, go for it, even if it means making sacrifices and compromising in other areas of life along the way, because it will all be worth it at the end. To all my listeners, that is the end of another Bamboo History podcast episode. Please subscribe to my podcast if you like this content and follow my Instagram at Bamboo History Podcast for additional historical facts and content too small to fit into a podcast. If you have any comments, feedback or topic suggestions, please contact me either on my Instagram or via my email. Details are in the description box below. Alright, Jianzhen's story is making me really want to go to Japan now, so I'm probably going to look online, but I'll probably go on a plane, and not on a boat. Haha. <laughs> okay, time to go now. Bye everyone, enjoy the rest of your day or evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.